Good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host today, Shante Charles. I hope that you are having a great and wonderful day. We are looking at the weekend. This is, of course, the last day of the week, and we hope that those who have been in uh, going through Nicole uh, down in the South Florida area, I believe it also went through the Caribbean uh, the Bahamas to continue to keep them in your prayers. People often say, oh, it's a tropical storm. It's nothing, but those storms can also do damage. They can do uh, wind damage and also water damage. So we um, hope that everybody fared uh, pretty well through that. So let's get down to it. It is Finance Friday, right? It is our Healthy, Wealthy, Wise time. And I was going to go back to our book on tax. However, we need to talk about what just happened with these elections. So I am doing a short show today, so I'm probably going to end about 1130. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking because I do want us to get into some discussion and I want to leave enough time for your feedback. So what happened with these elections. Um, I've been hearing this phrase, you know, blue dot in a red state, being a blue dot in a red state. And I really did not um, fully understand that until I saw the results from states like Florida, from states like Texas and Georgia, that literally um, the maps were, were red except for a flu of a few a few blue dotted areas right so in florida you had blue dot areas like broward you had tallahassee you had tampa orlando jacksonville um in texas you had some blue dot areas like dallas and houston san antonio el paso corpus christi and then in georgia you had some blue dot areas like augusta and Savannah. So those maps were reading red, like the whole state. And one of the things that I have tried to talk to people about is the fact that, you know, these pockets of liberalism or these pockets of people who have common sense cannot carry a whole state. And so what that means is they're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to do something different. We know that a lot of these states went through processes of gerrymandering districts so that the map would read that way. We know someone who had been doing a, a really good job for the state of Florida. He lost his seat this time around because of the gerrymandering that happened in his district. He did not get reelected and he needed to be there because he was a, a strong advocate for uh, black people specifically, but he was a strong advocate for black indigenous persons of color, period. But that seat was taken from him through gerrymandering. So that is a serious thing that 
if you're working in politics, you're working in policy making, you guys have got to fight this. You got to get it under control. You've got to press back and push back and not just let them get away with the gerrymandering that has happened. And we know these maps, I think they only change like maybe 10 years or so or something like that. Um, but the gerrymandering was serious this time. We also saw some incumbent people hold their spots, right? Kemp, through all of his gerrymandering and cheating, had, oh, you know, held on to his spot in Georgia. Abbott held on to his spot in Texas. DeSantis held on to his spot in Florida. And then you have what happened with Warnock and Walker. Now, my thing is that race should have never been that close. It should have never been that close. And also you had 2% of the vote was kind of shifted to, I believe, a libertarian candidate. But as one of my friends, you know, aptly said, they're just the, the light version of the other stuff that's happening. So really that 2%, you know, went to the ideology of people who would put Walker as a candidate. So the fact that you had such a close percentage between those two really makes me wonder what in the world is going on with Georgia. You all have to get out and vote. I know there's a whole lot of rigmarole around should you vote or should black people give their vote or da da da, but you're going to see what happens and how bad it can get if you don't get your tail out and vote December, Georgia. Imagine someone who, who is barely has his mental faculties together deciding what policies are going to be enacted in your state. You might want to get yourself out there and vote however you feel about it. As I said before, you can feel how you want to feel about the voting process, but you better get out there and vote. I mean, to me, this is, this is, this is rock. This is not rocket science. You either have a intelligent person who knows and understands laws or you have somebody who's going to be a tool of people who don't like you and would rather see you non-existent. Like those are your two choices. I could see if the, like they were close in maybe character or morals or ideology or something like that, but they're not. This, this, this is, this, that is a clear choice. Finally, I want to say, because I, again, I do want to give time for us to have some conversation. Everybody keeps talking about, <laughs> and I'm just joining the conversation at this point. Everybody keeps talking about white women and what happened with white women in this election. Well, the same thing happened in 2016. And I try to tell people this. They did not vote against their own interest. I'm not even going to give them, I'm not even going to say white women voted against their own interest. They did not. Their own interest is whiteness and maintaining whiteness and maintaining the power behind whiteness. They are very clear that whiteness trumps gender when it comes to power. So even though they felt some kind of way about Roe v. Wade being overturned, they still understood that whiteness trumped gender. 
So no, they did not vote against their own interest. They actually voted in the interest of whiteness. And when I said that initially, people were like, oh, no, 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 that can't be what it is. And then they saw the numbers that came out of Georgia, which proved my point, because I said there is no way in the world that this man, Kemp, kept his seat unless he had also garnered votes from liberals or independents. So I started doing a little bit of digging on the data and the data showed that as far back as 2018, they were noting a trend where independents were leaning more to the Republican and conservative side. So it has been a sort of a slow, gradual, silent shift, but more independents are also voting Republican. And you saw it. <laughs> with the outcome of the results for Georgia. When they pulled those stats up by gender and they saw what 71, 72% of white women voted Republican. So you can't tell me that you're liberal or you're independent and you're voting to keep people in bondage. All right. So no, they did not vote against their own interest. And again, I have said before, and I will say again, most of the problems I have had with white women and racism have all come from liberal white women. So maybe some of you all will start to get it <laughs> because many of them are smiling in your face and wearing pink hats and going to Black Lives Matter marches, but they don't like you. It's performative. Some of them pretend they want equality and then they go in the anonymous booth and they vote against your equality. Because if you understand a little bit of the history there, especially um, in states like Georgia, there is a group of people in, in the white moderates that say, hey, you know, we, we want you to do better, but we don't want you to do better than us. We want you to do better but we don't consider you our equals. We want you to do better, but we don't want you in our neighborhood per se doing better, okay? So you, you got this thinly veiled racism that is amongst a lot of Americans. And until we actually take a look in the mirror, until some of these white women take a look in the mirror and, th and ask themselves, what do I really believe? about equality? What do my choices in the people I elect and the policies that I sign off on, what does it really say about what I truly believe about the black and brown people that I, that I press shoulders with every day that you may be working with in a, in a professional light or you see a few of them in your neighborhoods, but what do you really feel about them? Because your vote is saying you don't really, um, you're not really committed to equality like you claim to be. All right. Last thing. I said I had to refine my definition of racism. Racism is prejudice plus power plus policy to enforce that prejudice and maintain that power. A lot of times people think that racism is just the white hoods and the burning crosses and the neo-Nazi signs and the Confederate flags. No, 
Racism is prejudice plus power plus policies that enforce the prejudice and maintain the power. So are you a racist? Are you signing off on policies that enforce prejudice and maintains white power in the country? Just think about it. All right. That's my two, three cents for today. We've got about 15 minutes. So if you would want to come in and give your response about what has happened with the elections, um, what you have saw or what you have seen, rather, um, what are you seeing in your state? How is this playing out? Are people acting shocked and appalled and surprised at the results? And what is your take on it? All right, Pastor Ben is joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I'm going to speak specifically about Florida Mm -hmm. because I know exactly what happened here. As you said, ever so. Uh oh, you're breaking up a little bit. You're break. You're breaking yeah. up, Pastor Ben. Okay, you're breaking uh, up. Let me see what I. Hello. You're you're breaking up. Hello. 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 Can you hear us? Hello. Can you hear us? I can us? hear you. Okay. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you better now. You were breaking up, so I didn't hear any of what you first okay. said. Okay. I'm gonna deal with Florida. I know what happened here. Okay. As you said, and I believe also, it's about every 10 years, they do the uh, districts and stuff, right? Redistricting. They were already done here. They were already done. The Santas did not like it. Mm. He wanted to change it. They resisted him at first, but then they gave in to it. See, that's what happened here, the gerrymandering. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, people want to quit. Well, what, what, no, no. They've got no policy. So they're going to do everything else that they can do to win the election. And that includes cheating. Yeah. Because that was the. Everything was already done. He came in afterwards and wanted to change it because he didn't see an advantage for him. Yeah. And it's not. Florida's not the only state. Correct. But I know Florida did. I know for because I saw what I was listen. That was all in the papers about him wanting to change it, but they said no, it's already been done. And then they gave into it. So I sad. Also what he's doing here in Florida, he's removed, he's removed elected school board officials and placed his own people in there. I know. Because they want to control the education. Mm-hmm. They want to take stuff out I'm very concerned for Florida because I feel like DeSantis is a form of a gangst, like a just organized crime gangster. And if he gets yeah. enough people in enough places in power in Florida, he, you know, he could be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Even without um, legally. He's to me, he seems like the kind of person that knows how to wield um, policy in a way to keep himself in power for a while, like Kemp. Mm-hmm. 
And I forgot to mention, um, I was looking like how in the world could Arkansas give up its power to Sarah Huckabee Sanders? What in the entire, I said, I know the deceased of the Little Rock Nine is rolling over in their grave. Like, really, people? Sarah Huckabee? For Arkansas? That shows you again. Again, one with very little political experience, and y'all made her governor? Like, really? It's not about what makes sense. It's about white power. Yeah. That's it. I keep telling our people of color, they they want to strip us of everything we got. I said, if y'all can't see that, yeah. Matter of fact, I told one last year talking about well well it was last year the year before but anyway it had to do with the with the uh with the uh COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Well well I'm gonna vote Republican the next time because Biden's trying to take away our rights. I say some white folks ain't gonna let him do that. <laughs> I say but they were done so let them take away our rights. I say this involves white also not just black people. Yeah. So that ain't gonna happen. You ain't gotta worry about that. Then you see what the Democrats in the party started standing up against them on that. See, white folks gonna stick together. See, yeah, it's taking a power. Right, do that. That we have to worry. We're gonna take that same step. So we have to vote. We have to vote the way that's best for us. Number one. That's number one. And we have to vote for people. That's Yo, here's and here's the thing too. Like, there was a whole discussion happening last night around all of the black men who were saying that they were going to vote Republican to spite black women. I said, "Are y'all not paying attention? Are y'all not paying attention that both white men and white women, even though they have serious grievances and disagreements with each other, they're voting." their color, not their gender. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> They're voting for their color to remain in power, irrespective uh-huh. of the differences they have with gender, sexuality, all these other what I call sub-labels. Uh-huh. So because you're having differences of opinion with your counterpart, you're going to go uh-huh. vote for people who want to see you extinct? Make it no, make sense. Well, see, they're saying, they're saying, okay, Billy, I don't agree with all the things you want to do, but I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to support you because in a way that still gives me power. So we're going to iron out our differences later, but we got the keys to keep us in power. See, right. That's their way of thinking. Exactly. My way of thinking is, oh yeah, oh yeah. Again, love the Haitian people. Love y'all. But what y'all did a few years ago, voting against the Clinton, just to spite them, and then you place this man in office that voted for you. They didn't learn. And you knew he wanted to do it. You knew he wanted to do it because he spoke on it. Mm-hmm. But yet, you vote out of sight. Never vote out of emotion. Don't vote. 
And somebody, somebody Come said, on, someone said during the conversation, they said, um, and I've got about five, six minutes here before I have to get off. Um, someone said during the conversation that, well, black people, you know, the black women and the black men need to get together and we need to stick together. And then people were like typing, oh, that's a great idea. I'm like, do y'all not understand that this was not, this is not just a great idea. This is what we had been doing. It was called the black panther party party as in political people <laughs> uh -huh. i'm like is y'all are y'all that absent-minded that y'all forgot we had a whole black political uh -huh. party where black men and black uh -huh. women were working together uh -huh. where many of the programs yeah. that black men and black women started and facilitated are what got uh -huh. the ideas got hijacked by the government that's where we get the free lunch program from they got uh -huh. it from the Black Panther Party after they decimated and destroyed the Black Panthers, after they uh -huh. murdered the leaders. Uh -huh. So we did have that. The question is, when are we going to get back to it? Because uh -huh. it wasn't to say everybody that was leading was unproblematic. There were men in there that, that had disagreements with some of the women. But they uh -huh. understood their political destiny and future rely upon us coming together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and let's talk about the fact that the uh, black people, they were actually, they were criminalized by the government. Yes, they were. They were, they were not criminals. They were criminalized. They were given that label. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, as you said, as you said, a lot of great programs came to them to help us. We were helping us. That's what we were doing. Us helping us. Us coming together and standing as one. And this will always, yeah, and this will always be a threat to this government. Black men and black women getting together. Black men caring for black women and children in community, regardless of if they're married to them or not. Black men and black women making sure every child in the community is fed. Black men and black women in a community teaching their children, minding their own business, providing security for the community legally. That part, that part. All of that was a threat to our government. Uh -huh. It is not in the best interest of our government for black men and black women to get together and get along and have more black children. Point blank period. I'm not sure how much clearer or simpler it needs to be said, but that is the reality. It is not in the best interest of our government for us to be healthy, thriving, self-sufficient, independent, doing business, teaching children, loving each other. So anytime you look outward and you see a whole chaotic scene being played out that has to do with black women, black men, and black children, you should already know that it is a part of governmental programming. And you should be going the opposite way. And you should not be signing uh -huh. off on it. It's very, to me, it's very clear. 
So when I see stuff that is pushing us to be away from each other and against each other, I don't get my money to it. I don't get my time to it. I don't get my eyeballs to it. Uh-huh. It's very simple to me. I could be wrong, but I'm just like, anything that is that is presenting a picture of black disunity, black chaos, black destruction, those should all be red flags. <laughs> we shouldn't be saying, oh man, look at how our people is. Um, no. We should that should give you a red flag that something is not right. Because historically we haven't been that. Culturally, we haven't been that. So then who or what is behind this image that's being pushed in front of me repeatedly, nonstop? to try to make me think that this is who we are. Who is trying to change our image and why? Who is trying to push stuff to make me hate black men or disparage them or disrespect them and why? Who is trying to make me disrespect and disparage and say black women aren't anything or trash and why? Who and why is what people need to be asking. And when you start asking those questions and you start pulling at loose threads, you start seeing the real, the clearer picture. And the clearer picture is if you cannot get it together as a people, everyone else is going to run roughshod over you. Everyone else is going to get their needs met politically, economically, socially, culturally, financially, etc while you two stand there bickering at each other, everyone else who understands that they must do it together will surpass you. Uh -huh. Point blank, period. So, final thoughts, Pastor Ben. Oh, well, we keep saying that, but we got, we got to come together as a people. We have to understand the game that's being played. Playing chess is when they're playing chess. We playing Connect Four. We gotta get in that game of chess. <laughs> yeah, right, Connect Four. Yeah, yeah. We got. We listen. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta do strategy. We gotta stick with those strategies. We have to work those things out. Cause that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing, and they don't care about. They don't even care about running over their own to get what they want. They are staying they don't on. Care about that. Black people often talk about this about being on code. They are staying on code. White women are staying on code uh -huh. with white men. Uh -huh. Oh, and the daughters of Confederates. Exactly. White women are. White women are. White women are staying on code with white men. Black men need to be on code. Black women need to be on code. It's not just one or the other. So my thing is we have disagreements in our community. We have things that we don't disagree that, you know, each person may be doing, but we gotta, we gotta make it past existence to have lesser arguments. Cause what we're at right now is our existence. Bottom line. If you're not alive and I'm not alive, there's no argument to be made. 
because we won't right. exist. So let's deal with existence. That's the baseline, existence. Prophet Jonathan said, yes, we have to get out of emotions and into intellect, approach the situation past the moment at hand and think of a decade from now. I'm actually thinking, Jonathan, of a thousand years from now. Uh -huh. My mindset is a thousand years out, where will we be? Uh-huh. Literally, that's how I've been thinking. A thousand years out, where will we be? Will we will our remains be in somebody's museum being wrapped up and they looking at us in the glass case saying those were great people? Those were a great civilization. But they couldn't get along with each other. The men and the women couldn't get along with each other, so they died out. Now there were other uh -huh. mutations of them called the mulattoes. But the original people are no longer here. So we have to think about a thousand years out. What do we want our history to be? Do you know that the longest living nonstop civilization in the world is China? Longest nonstop family lines are in China. Why? Because China said the U.S. will not be coming in here. <laughs> That's why they dislike China to this day. The U.S. will not be coming in here, changing our culture, changing our traditions, trying to tell us how to run our country, trying to occupy our land. And they still can't. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. This has been another episode of Darren Dialogues, and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. I want to thank you again for your time and attention. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness, so continue to go out and be what, Pastor Ben? Light. Be light. Take care, everyone. Have a safe weekend. As you can see, uh, I'm, all, I'm ready for my Wakanda Forever moment today, and uh, I hope you all have a beautiful weekend. We will not be on for our Sunday dialogue. We will actually be uh, meeting up with some Ashkenazim and uh, we'll be attending a ceremony because my husband just completed a design for the Ashkenazim. So that's going to be interesting. We'll probably give a recap on how that went because probably as the only black people in the room, they're probably going to ask us about Kanye and Kyrie. So we got to be ready for that conversation. <laughs> So, they gonna if they ask me what do I think I'm gonna say better sheet but I Elohim Hashemaim veet ha edits. That's a little bit of Hebrew for you. Some of y'all know what that means, but it's Genesis one and one. Um, I hope they don't have no no attack when they hear me say it. But her um yeah. Y'all enjoy y'all. Enjoy your weekend. And thank you for your time and attention. See you, Lord willing, on Monday. Take care and God bless. Robert. <laughs>